Hey Queens, I'm six-time title holder and award-winning coach Kennedy Garcia. Welcome to Your Crown is Calling. Whether you're striving to win a pageant or you're simply focused on optimizing the figurative crown that God has placed upon your head, this podcast is for you. I will share unique tools, tips, and insights that will equip you to reach your full potential, crush opportunities beyond what you once thought possible, and win in pageantry, leadership, and life. So fasten your tippy tops and grab a notepad and tune in because no matter where you are in life, your crown is calling and you need to be fierce when you answer. Here we go. Hey Queens, welcome to episode two of Your Crown is Calling. As I've said time and time again, I love nothing more than stepping onto a platform and shifting the energy and perspective in the room. It is the reason why today's calling is win and reign, because you can't win in life or pageantry if you don't know yourself intimately and can't articulate what you believe. And the other calling today is leadership, because I prayerfully hope that is what happens once you listen to this episode. I recently had the honor of being the keynote speaker at an event with over 300 women where we focused on redefining wealth. I want to share with you the thoughts that I presented to them at that event, because why should you miss out on something that could potentially change your life? Shout out to the Women of SAC organization. I was honored to be on the stage and in a room full of known and new faces. I love meeting new people. It literally gives me joy. My husband always says that if we walk into a room where I know no one there, I will know everyone before we leave. It's a blessing because it makes me a networking maverick. It's a curse because it kind of slows down the process of him getting me home and out of that fancy dress I had on. (laughs) But anyway, I digress. (laughs) Um, Everyone who knows me or meets me for the first time and only talks to me for a few minutes, they can tell you one thing about Dr. Kennedy Garcia, honey. I believe every woman was born to be a queen, and we deserve all that this life has to offer us. Love, money, spirituality, respect, health, peace, freedom, happiness, joy, total fulfillment, and all of these things in abundance. This notion of redefining wealth had me thinking to myself, You know, people will never acquire wealth if they keep buying the wrong crap. Spending precious resources on things that do not serve them well or build wealth. So first, let me tell you a couple of things that I'm not buying. First thing that's the top of the list that I'm not buying, y'all, the lies that come from fear. I ain't buying it. You know what I'm talking about. Those moments where your fear outweighs your desire to do something. So you believe the lie it tells you. You believe it was never going to work out anyway. Or maybe that's just not for you. That's fear talking. And I'm not buying it. You know what else I don't buy? I don't buy what the world tries to tell us as women. You're not pretty enough unless you get that Brazilian booty lift. You're not good enough unless some stranger validates your existence with likes and follows on social media. You're not smart enough 
unless you were born with men genitalia. And let me tell you something, a little bit about that. I would put my brain up against any man, anywhere, any day, any time. So you know I'm not falling for that one. Not buying it, not even one bit. For those of you listening to this, this podcast, the cross we are carrying today is that of limited beliefs. We are busting those limited beliefs today. I want to challenge how you might define wealth and encourage you to spend your precious resources wisely so that you can put them on your rightful place and put your rightful crown on and live the life you were meant to live, queen. The life you deserve is a crown that is calling and you need to be able to answer it. So before we get started and before you listen any further, I want you to jot down your current definition of wealth. And I'm doing air quotes. I wish you could see me. (laughs) Uh, But jot down your definition of wealth. Investopedia defines wealth in this way. Wealth measures the value of all the assets of worth owned by a person, community, company, or country. Wealth is determined by taking a total market value of all physical and intangible assets owned, then subtracting all debts. Essentially, wealth is an accumulation of scarce resources. So for those of you who have gotten to know me and follow me on Instagram at Spiritual Boss Chick or have seen me speak somewhere, just engaged with me, you know that that would never be the definition that I would fly with. Right. Um, When I define wealth, I think of it as my it all. Again, air quotes, you can't see. Um, I include the things that I mentioned earlier, the things that I believe we deserve in life. Love, spirituality, respect. Yes, money's in there, but it's part of the equation. Health, peace, freedom, happiness, joy, fulfillment. Those are the things that I think of when I define Wealth. I don't just think of it as monetary wealth, but I think of wealth holistically. So, of course, in true Kennedy Garcia fashion, I had to find someone who would agree with me. Um, The FAICS is a professional health organization that says there are five types of wealth. I refer to them as pillars. And so they talk about financial wealth, social wealth, physical and mental wealth, and time wealth. They also warn that if you're not careful, the blind pursuit of financial wealth can rob you of the others. And so I'm going to cover a few of these on the podcast, but if you're interested in talking about the other ones at a later time, please find me somewhere, either at an event or on social media, where you can just send me a quick DM and I promise I will holler back and we will have a fantastic conversation about it because I love this stuff. I realize that the way we define wealth comes from our past, present, and future relationship with what we have with it. So my relationship with wealth began early in life. I was a little girl with the privilege of traveling the world with her father to watch professional baseball games on chartered flights, sitting next to baseball greats like Barry Bonds and Will Clark and Dusty Baker. Um, You see a lot of You see a totally different aspect and perspective of life when you're growing up around people who have endless resources and people with financial wealth, right? Um, 
So let's talk about that pillar for a little bit. Financial wealth is the most understood type of wealth. It is the thing that most people refer to when they start to think about wealth. It's generally what people mean when they say, oh, she's wealthy or he's wealthy. Um, financial wealth is all about money, the money or financial assets that you've accumulated. And it's alluring because it's a measuring stick for success for some people, right? How much money do you have equates to how successful you've been in life. Um, for those with a competitive streak, it offers a scoreboard to say, I'm winning because I'm at the top from a financial wealth perspective. And most people will assume that financial wealth creates happiness. But again, I don't buy that. I mean, my family wasn't financially wealthy by other people's standards, but we never wanted for anything and we lived a very financially secure life. Um, even when my father decided to follow his second passion after baseball into law enforcement. With a decent investment portfolio and continuous and sometimes residual income, my parents created a version of financial wealth that enabled them to provide everything we needed and anything we wanted. So in our house and in our mind, we were wealthy. We were wealthy enough. So here's what I'd like you to do. Uh, picture yourself in a future where you never have to worry about money right? Imagine how that would make you feel, how your relationship with the world would change, how the people around you and your family situation would improve. And then I want you to think about what's keeping you from reaching that financial wealth or that point that you've discovered, this is when I don't have to worry about money. I know for some entrepreneurs and business owners, as women especially, we don't charge our worth. We don't charge the value that we're actually providing to people. And that can be a barrier to financial wealth. There are plenty of us who are working in corporate gigs where we didn't negotiate our last salary. We didn't ask for that raise. We didn't go for that promotional role that we were dreaming about. We are creating barriers to financial wealth. If you fall into that category, ask yourself what's stopping you. We've already established that you're a queen and you deserve it. So what's your barrier and how do you overcome it? In our household, we had a grasp on financial wealth and then life happened, right? So here's where life starts to show you why that just isn't enough. I was a 15-year-old girl going into my senior year of high school, but instead of planning senior pictures like everybody else, I was laying in a hospital bed waiting for a diagnosis. That would change my life forever and teach me the truth about money. The truth is the same truth I know about life. Everything is about perspective. Think about it. You're only happy about the money you have until something else becomes a priority. Up until this point in life, I'd only seen my father cry one time, y'all. Literally once, when my grandfather passed away. But this day, when they said I would need immediate surgery and three months of chemotherapy, not only did he cry, he looked up at me and said, I would give everything I own for you to be healthy. I would trade places with you and give everything I could give 
for you to not be in this bed right now. Don't get me wrong. Money is necessary, but its effect on us is typically temporary. I learned this very early in life. Money is important, but it could never be the end all and be all in life. So this brings me to the next pillar of wealth, which to me is health, right? Have you ever heard the term health is wealth? I'm sure you have. <laughs> um, physical wealth is all about health and fitness and vitality. Mental wealth is all about your mental health and your ability to wrestle with the tangible and intangible questions in life. They are perhaps the most critical and underappreciated types of wealth that exist. Without health, it is impossible to experience and enjoy the benefits of any other type of wealth. Mental health is often overlooked, particularly by those pursuing world-changing endeavors, but it is essential and should never be sacrificed for any reason. The great news about health, wealth, is it's never too late to start building or restoring physical and mental wealth. I consider mindset to also be part of health as well. Matter of fact, if you're looking for a starting point to build holistic wealth, you should start here. <laughs> Remember how I mentioned everything in life, including money, is about perspective? Mindset shifts the narrative and shapes the perspective. People underestimate the power of how you think what you believe, and how you treat yourself. How you think, mindset, is really what being a queen is all about. You see, I can wear a crown because in my lifetime I have won six of them, and in a pageant where I've convinced a few strangers, I deserve one. But the most important crown is the figurative one on my head right now that comes from believing I am a queen, no matter what anyone else says. That comes from mindset. I always tell my son I'm a queen striving to be a goat and he laughs at me because he tends to think of, of goats as, you know, first of all, let me just tell you what I mean by goat. Greatest of all time. Again, I love the concept, right? Um, because that's what I strive to be every single day. The greatest at every single thing that I do. Uh, my son laughs at me because he tends to think of goats as like Tom Brady and Kobe Bryant and Serena Williams and Megan Rapino. Um, if you ask me my list, I'd say like Sonia Sotomayor because I love her. And she's awesome. And to me, she's a goat. Um, you know, the difference between all of these people and people who don't make it to that level, these people are the ones that you can rely on when the chips are down and there's only one chance at victory. They are never afraid to take the shot. How many times have you seen Tom Brady come back and win a football game in the last 30 seconds? Yes, he has athletic ability, but his success, I believe, comes from having a mindset of a goat, comes from visualizing himself as a goat, comes from knowing and believing that he can do it. When I think of a queen who is a goat, in my opinion, I think of a person who defeats limited beliefs. They're full of courage and confidence. They believe all things are possible, so they speak life 
into situations and others while also looking themselves in the mirror and saying, you got this. They have great visualization and they can see themselves in a successful position in life. A goat gives max effort and is completely dedicated to excellence, especially when it comes down to performance. Those who train for optimal performance come in early, go home late. I played softball, volleyball, and happened to be a gymnast when I was younger. I remember having a coach that told me I wasn't allowed to count my reps until my muscles were already sore. He said that when you're maximizing your potential is when it burns and hurts, not when you start. He taught me to give 150% in everything that I do. And I apply that to every bit of my life now because I believe that's what it takes to be the queen that I am and the goat that I want to become. I want you to find the queen inside of you. Dig deep and tap into the goat that exists right there in the middle of who you are. There's nothing stopping you from becoming the goat in your own life. Visualize what that would look like for you and make it happen. The reason Tom Brady can throw that touchdown 60 yards downfield in the last five seconds of the game and connect with a receiver that's being guarded by two defenders and get the touchdown is because he has visualized that play a million times in his head over and over and over again. I'm sure you're thinking, what does any of this have to do with wealth? And I would answer to you, everything. When you have a mindset of a goat and a queen, there is nothing you can't achieve. And believe me, wealth is part of that equation. Mindset is an underrated currency. Matter of fact, it's the only thing that will help you stop spending your precious resources on things I mentioned earlier, like fear and doubt. Mindset matters. Picture the healthiest version of you with a mindset of a goat. And imagine what would make you, how that would make you feel and how that would change your relationship with the world, the people around you, and your family. What's keeping you from reaching physical and mental health wealth? I remember being one of those types of people who would take care of everybody else around me, but miss my own workouts, miss my own doctor's appointments because I was so focused on everyone else. If you are a care provider, take care of yourself too. That is a barrier to reaching physical and mental health wealth. It's like being on an airplane when they tell you if the cabin pressure changes, that you need to put your mask on first before you assist everyone else. Now I'm not saying you have to put your mask on first, although it's a good idea, I'm saying don't forget your mask. <laughs> In the very least, don't forget it. Are you trying to live up to that strong woman syndrome that we all have, but it's keeping you from receiving help or asking for help or support when you really need it? That is a barrier to physical and mental health wealth. Get your acts together, queen, because you will not be able to do this alone. You are going to need help and you're going to need to be vulnerable enough to ask for it. Are you worried about what people might think if you see a therapist? Let me tell you, the stigma is real, especially in communities of color. 
Some of y'all know what I'm talking about. Don't buy the stigma. Buy the therapy sessions instead. Not going to therapy can be a barrier to physical and mental health wealth, y'all. And then last but not least, you know, you think of barriers and, um, you know, are you giving 150% in the areas of life where you want to be successful? If you're not, that is a barrier to physical and mental health wealth because it messes with your mindset. Giving 150%, you will find success in that and success breeds confidence. And so confidence is a great way of shifting the narrative in your mind. You will have a healthy mindset when you step onto something and say, I know that I can do this. I am confident in myself and in my performance and in my capabilities. And I believe that I deserve it and I can do this. You will find physical and mental health wealth when your mindset is fixed on the right things. We've established that you're a queen and you deserve it all. Whatever you do, figure out the barriers and change them. I thank God for bringing me through every situation that I've experienced in life, good, bad, or indifferent. Everything I go through is something that I grow through. The hardships are for a purpose, and I believe that. We don't go through things in vain. Not only do we learn the truth about life as we go through them, we learn the value of the time that we have here. Being faced with life-threatening challenges will always make you appreciate life in a different way. Time is a form of currency. It becomes another factor in wealth. And think about it this way. Money can always be made. Health, in most cases, can be improved or achieved. But time, it's the one thing you can never get back. It is an unrenewable resource. Time isn't fair either, is what I've also learned. It doesn't ask you if you're done with it. Instead, it determines when you've had enough. It's the one thing on my list I need to talk to God about when I get to heaven because um, we have a little chit-chat we need to have about the time that the people I love have had on this earth. Um, I also got to find Eve so we could talk about a conversation um, where she had in the garden, which led to all this chaos for women, but that's a whole nother podcast episode. At any rate, I was interviewed for a magazine last year, and they asked me why I was so driven. And my answer was simple. I understand the value of time and the way life has gone for me. I'm living on borrowed time right now. So I vow to make the best out of every hour, every minute, and every second that I have. So that brings me to my next pillar, which I've already been talking about. Um, But it's time, right? Time wealth. Time wealth is about an appreciation for the precious nature of the time that we have. Placing the proper value and importance on time is critical. Too many people fail to realize the value of this asset until it's gone. You'll never, (laughs) ever in life, find anything that is more precious than the breath that you're breathing, which is giving you the time that you have here right now, right? You'll love this time if you have that perspective and that mindset. You'll love the time with all of your being because the reality is that 
it doesn't care about you and what you need to get done, right? It is stolen, if you will, um, borrowed from God, from the creator. And so you have to maximize the time that you are given. Never let the pursuit of financial wealth rob you of your time wealth. Learn to use financial wealth as a tool to increase the freedom you have to choose what you do with your time wealth. Time is rare in modern day because for most of us, we spend a lot of our time dedicating ourselves to earning money and building status. But I want to encourage you to use time for purpose. Chase purpose, not the bag, and the bag will come. So my question for you, queens, is what is your current relationship with time right now? How are you using this precious gift? Would you be happy with what you've done with it today if it was your last day on earth? Are you so busy chasing the bag that you haven't thought about your legacy? How will the people you love and leave behind remember their time with you when it runs out? Picture yourself celebrating a life well-lived at your 100th birthday party, surrounded by all of your friends and family. Imagine all that you've experienced and accomplished with the time you had on earth. What did you find purposeful? What does fulfillment look like? And ask yourself, what's presently keeping you from reaching time wealth? Find your barrier and find a way to overcome it. When I think about time wealth, I often think about my dad because I miss him so very much. And to me, his life was cut short. And so our time ended prematurely. Um, But I also think about why I miss him so much. And it was because not all the things that he bought me, not all of the ways that he spoiled us, but the time that he spent He was a present, ever present father. And no matter what he had going on, we were always the priority. And you just can't replace that. And it just gives me joy to think about the times that we spent together and the memories that we created. And so I think he was before his time and understanding wealth and truly knew how to create the legacy that would continue to live on even after he was no longer here and able to utilize his time wealth. But he definitely was a time wealthy person. And because of that example, I have become who I am. Um, And I think the way that we like to use time is to connect with people, right? And I know that um, scientifically, it has been found that humans naturally crave connection. Every single person in the world desires to be in a relationship with someone or something. We spend thousands of hours taking personality tests to determine if we're a Myers-Briggs INTJ or an Enneagram 7 with an 8 wing. I still think that that's backwards. I might be an 8 with a 7 wing. I don't know, y'all. <laughs> um I don't know if I agree with everything that comes out of these personality tests, but they do help us understand how to connect with people. And they really attempt to provide a better awareness of the things that make people tick based on their personality traits. I didn't have a super active social life growing up. 
The rule in our house was no dating before 16. And a newsflash for y'all, I was a senior in high school at 16 years old and graduated, okay? So the no boyfriend rule, oh, we needed to rethink that one, Deb. Um, I had lots of friends and everyone was older than me. And they could do things that I couldn't do. They could go to places I couldn't get into. They could go to parties that my dad was like, no, you cannot attend that because your curfew is 9 p.m. <laughs> I stayed busy, though, with you know the sports that I played, competing in pageants, and doing family stuff, and of course, learning because I'm a super nerd, right? Um, I've always been a nerd, always will be. I own it. Not a problem. Shout out to Nerd Nation. Uh, but undergrad was a different story. I got to college and I was like, whoo wait, I can actually have a social life, y'all. I went to everything I could get into, which was still kind of limited because, again, I was 16. I joined a sorority and three leadership clubs on campus. I made the best out of my time. And in doing so, I created extremely meaningful and lifelong relationships. Relationships that have yielded great emotional and at times financial gain as well. One thing I quickly learned during my first internship during a summer break in college was that you can only get so far with what you know, but who you know can propel you even further. And so that brings me to my next pillar that I want to talk about, um, social wealth. Social wealth primarily comes down to how we interact with the world, with each other, with families, social connections that we have. A social connection can be defined as a person you have the potential to interact with, whether it's face-to-face -face or over the phone or over the internet. Um, you know, it also includes people like family members and relatives and co-workers. And just like economic wealth, you inherit some of the social connections, right? Your family is a social connection that you inherit, um, your relatives, your spouse once you get married, your children, you inherit those social connections and the friends that come along with that, right? Um, my son has a number of friends that they've been in the same friend circle since they were kindergartners and they are all like sons to me. And so I've inherited them as um, part of my social wealth. You can invest um, effort into increasing the value of connections and you can make new connections, which is awesome. And social connections can also, um, you know, hold up certain parts and aspects of your life that you want to improve, but then they can also have a negative result, right? If you get involved in a social connection where there's a harmful relationship or you have enemies or haters, as we call them nowadays, right? The negative connections are also part of social wealth, but they are a debt to social wealth. Don't buy those. Don't invest in the bad. <laughs> invest in the good, right? You see a theme here? Uh, social wealth is used during social interactions and mainly used to provide two things. So they meet your ongoing emotional necessities, right? Daily interactions with people provide this the more positive, deep social connections you have, the more opportunities you will have for daily positive interaction. And overall, you will feel emotionally better. They also provide confidence and the ability to meet 
emotional needs into the future. So the more social wealth you create, the more secure you feel about meeting your emotional needs going forward, especially in times of emotional distress. I can't tell you how many times I leaned on my emotional support system when I lost my father, when I was going through something that totally shook my life and turned it upside down. Um, My social wealth carried me through a very, very difficult time. So the interactions that you have with people create social wealth. I want you to make it very clear when you are interacting to be intentional about connecting and being present so that you can continue to build and reach your social wealth goals. Um, I wonder what's keeping you back from doing that now. Like, What are the barriers that you've experienced where you are depending on social connection but not able to create that social connection? I want you to deepen your depth of value with social connections and that is really going to take you to have purpose and to strategically connect with people. A great way to increase your social wealth is to establish a PBOD. Now, this is not a new concept. I talk about PBODs all the time. I love my PBOD. And for those of you who are new to the podcast and you've never heard me say this term, it is the personal board of directors. So companies have boards that lead, guide, and direct the organization and ensure performance and strategies are in place to drive success. People need them too. It is the greatest tool to reaching social wealth, let me tell you. So the structure of a PBOD is very simple. There's a CEO. For me, that CEO is Jesus, right? The CEO is the person that you are going to rely on to help create direction and give you Um, an idea of the North Star. And for me, that is Jesus. He calls the shots. And the closer I am in my relationship with him, the clearer I can hear what he has planned for my life and the direction that I should head in. The second person on my PBOD is a mentor. So I don't know if you've had mentors in the past, but I love the relationship that I have with my mentor. A mentor is someone who is a leader in the area in which you aspire to grow or succeed. And this can be professional, personal, spiritual. I have all three of those and they are different mentors for each aspect of the part of my life that I'm wanting to grow in. Um, They are invaluable assets and resources because they really can help you Eliminate the need to go through something that will take you off course because they may have experienced that already and they're going to share their experiences with you so that you can avoid those pitfalls, those landmines in life. A mentor is super critical to the PBOD. So get you one and make sure it's good. (laughs) Um, A sponsor is the third person you need on the PBOD. And a sponsor is different than a mentor. A sponsor is someone that is in your field of interest, whether it's, um, you know, professional or if it is someone who is an influencer 
whatever field of interest that you have, they are a person who is willing to vouch for you. They are willing to introduce you to people within their circle of influence and provide opportunities for you to step into your greatness and have a seat at the table. They are the person who doesn't just take the seat for themselves, but they hold the door open for you to come into the room and they introduce you to a world that you may not have been privy to if it weren't for their sponsorship. A sponsor is critical to the PBOD. And I, in the past, have had phenomenal sponsors. And so I truly have become a person who believes that success is not reached alone. It is reached together. And the PBOD is what helps propel me to being as successful as I have been in the past and in the current and in the future. Um, The next person you need on a PBOD is a coach, someone who can help you map out your goals and a roadmap to accomplish them. They will guide you, but they are not directing you. They are not telling you every step of the way. But what they're doing is they're saying, what is it that you want to achieve? Let's set some goals up and let's figure out a couple of steps to help you achieve those goals. And now you go off and you do that. And a coach is extremely important because you need someone to be a thought partner. You need someone to say, here's how you can achieve this. Um, And now I want to see you do it. And they also can hold you accountable for putting those steps into place and executing on those goals. The next person you need on a PBOD is a peer. And this is a person who is has a similar circumstance to you. They may be a student and you are also a student. They may be, you know, in leadership and you are also in leadership. It is a person who is on a similar journey and facing similar challenges. It is someone that you can lock arms with, create a sisterhood and do things together so that you don't feel like you're in it alone and they don't feel like they have to do it by themselves, right? Um, A peer is critical. And I know a lot of times when we build our PBODs, we think about the people who can help propel us. And we think it's always a person who's in a position of authority that's higher than our own. But what we need to realize is the person that's sitting right next to you has a totally different experience that they can share. And you guys going through something together is going to help propel both of you. So put a peer on your PBOD. And then the last thing that you need on your PBOD is a cheering session. Queen, let me tell you, this life is so much easier when you have someone who is rooting you on, who's helping to motivate you, keep moving you forward, who's there to celebrate your successes with you and to help you learn from the failures throughout your journey. That cheerleading section becomes extremely important, especially on the days where you just don't have it in you to keep going and you need someone to help motivate you and get you back on track. So that's the PBOD that I have. I hope that you guys adopt it. If you have questions about the PBOD, please reach out to me. I would love to talk to you about it. If you want to talk about who you're including on yours or if you want to tell me about the success you found from utilizing a PBOD, I would love to hear that. Um, it would warm my heart. So please reach out. So those are the pillars that we were going to cover today. I mean, we spent time breaking down what wealth is 
and what it is to me through my lens and what having it all could mean to you. I hope that you go back and revisit your definition that you wrote earlier today and you see how it might change going forward. Um, whether you're an everyday queen or a queen competing in a pageant to win her next crown, remember these very important things. All types of wealth within our lives exist. And only when we get to the point where we can begin to feel the wealth of fulfillment do we actually become wealthy. This only occurs when we think of all of the pillars of wealth and they are at play simultaneously and in the right balance. Things need to be harmonious. <laughs> this is the place where we would all strive and learn to be so that we can reach our destiny. And I know that it's out there for you and you will get there. Each type of wealth requires years of dedication, practice, humility, learning, and understanding. It should be viewed as a lifelong process that doesn't end because there is no final destination. There's only the journey. Remember what barriers you captured today? What's preventing you from claiming, obtaining, and winning it all? Make a plan, overcome them, so that you can live in abundance because that is what's promised to you on earth and in heaven. Stay connected to good people, support other queens in their endeavors, and get yourself a great PBOD. And last but not least, remember to focus on mindset first. This is especially important if you are competing in pageants. <laughs> you have to develop the mindset and actions of a goat. You gotta visualize it. You gotta perform at 150% to achieve your goal and you must be resilient. If you do all of these things, no matter what your journey is in life, you will become unstoppable. So regardless of how you define wealth or how you define having it all, one thing remains the same. You're a queen that deserves it all. So go claim it because it's time for you to start living in that abundance and show the rest of the world what it looks like to be truly wealthy. To all of you that have joined this revolution, I want to hear from you. I invite you to holla back on Instagram and let me know how you've used this information to fiercely step into your greatness. I pray that the time that we spent together today equips you to get one step closer to answering the call of the crown. Make sure to subscribe to this podcast if you haven't already and stay connected in between episodes by following Spiritual Boss Chick on all social media platforms. If you'd like more transformational strategies to put in your toolkit, Tap into our private Facebook group, Secrets of the Crown, and check the show notes for the links and the deets. Until we meet next time, be kind to your mind because it truly does matter. Invest in yourself, pray, and trust God. His goodness and mercy will follow you all the days of your life. God bless you.